fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Habner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to the Week 9 Fantasy Football Preview Show. This is the Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal. We're paving your way to fantasy glory. We're feeding fantasy wolves. We're breeding fantasy wolves. I, of course, am your host, Nat the Truth Jones. With me, as always, the wolf of Roto Street himself. We're both having bad hair days, Wolf. We're going to fight through it. Awful, awful hair days and honestly, awful news as we're going live literally not even a second ago. Right as I was about to hit the live button, Brandon Ayuk is going to be out. What the fuck? Out of nowhere. Contract tracing. He's ruled out. He's done. God damn it. Like I have all my receivers on by. He was the one thing to be excited about. And now I'm going to be scrambling. So Wolfpack, we're going to hit you with your Hail Marys later. I've got a great Hail Mary that I'm actually thrilled about for a higher, lower Hail Mary that I'm probably now going to be using it everywhere. I picked him up just in case anything happened like this. I did not expect this. I thought I had some good Thursday night fun coming to me. I, do you own Brandon Ayuk anywhere? Like what? I have owned him multiple times this year and got rid of him right before he got really good. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not overly pained by this news. Uh, it fucking sucks. No, I'm not. Uh, I, I've been, there's, there's a chance that someone is trying to get a certain Antonio Brown from me and has Ayuk, but I honestly, I value Brown more than him. Oh, way <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Way higher ceiling. We're going to talk about that. I hope I have, I have some Antonio Brown questions, so I hope he's going to be featured prominently in this podcast. He sure is. Yep. He's coming later. We got a We got a loaded agenda, tons of news to cover with this one, obviously leading it off. We didn't really even get an intro uh, because of it. My fault. I just kind of ranted right away, but like, who, honestly, no, who, go. Who, who are they going to throw to? I mean, no George Kittle, right? He, he's done for probably the year. We have Kendrick Bourne uh, knocked out from COVID. Now we have Brandon Ayuk because of contract tracing going to be out for the game. I mean, is this game going to happen? Like, who, who's going to? Who are they going to throw to? Jordan Reed is he even playing? Is it time to bring Michael Crabtree back back to the Niners? <laughs> Seriously, I have no clue. Like, honestly, I've Owens genuinely- maybe. Is it Trent Taylor? Is he the next one? But like, I don't know. I don't know. I, Did you just make that name up right now? No, he Grant Cohen, a, a longtime guest. Oh, okay. Well, Grant, Grant said it. I mean, he's we love Grant. So yeah, we love okay. Grant. He loves Trent Taylor. But I mean, oh, honestly, all right. you, you can't have any investment in any real Green Bay Packer passing option outside. Green Bay of- Packer? Aren't we talking about the Niners? I mean, the, the Niners. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Against Green Bay. Yep. All you right. can't. You can't have any option uh, outside. Maybe the tight ends now. Maybe Jordan Reed or Dwelly, whoever the guy is. We'll just be bathed in targets because who knows who else there is to throw to. But for, man, Nick, for Nick Mullen, for Nick from Nick Mullen himself, yeah. Right. Who the Nick Mullen loves to pepper tight end? Shockingly, um, I mean, well, it won't be George Kittle. It's and that's the thing: is it a Kittle stat or is it a is it a tendency? Probably. I, mean, I don't know, dude. Stat. The but Niners are. Uh, uh, yeah, we are really getting right into it right now. Aren't we? Kittle, I will say though, he averages 19 points in Mullen starts. He averages 11 in Jimmy Garoppolo starts. So well, he's averaging middle, zero for the rest of the year. Rest of the year. Uh, so that's just maybe, just maybe we're going to get a monster like Jordan Reed day at this point. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. 
for, for Brandon Ayuk being out. But this is just devastating news to go on the air live to. I mean, do we just keep ripping through the news at this point? Like, well, I, yeah, I let's just go right into it. Let's go right into the news and trainers room, segment one. Let's get it right into it. Aaron Jones and the Packers running back situation. Aaron Jones is questionable for week nine against the 49ers. Um, isn't uh, A.J. Dillon, doesn't he have COVID? Yep. So that, that knocked out Aaron. I don't mean to laugh at him. I just am like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, exactly. Not only does AJ Dillon just going to like ruin you if you put him in your lineup, he's going to ruin any shot you had at Jamal Williams too. He's going to be out now. Um, so if Aaron Jones does sit, again, this cautiously opted, like the, the training room for the, the Packers has always been you know, above and beyond cautious with these types of situations. So I don't know if I expect him to go. It was pessimistic as of Tuesday today, he got in a limited practice. He's listed as questionable. I mean, they have really no one else though. Tyler Urban is, De- is literally Dexter Williams. Who Dexter Williams, Dexter, Dexter, the fucking psycho on TV. Like, who <laughs> Dexter Williams. Uh, I mean, I can't sit here. I, CJ wrote about him yesterday. I haven't read his article yet. I can't sit here and pretend to know a thing about either Listen, Tyler Irvin or we, we're yeah. five minutes into the show. I just want to be, we're five minutes into the show. We've already spoken extensively about Nick Mullen, Jordan Reed, yeah. possible Jordan Reed sighting. I've made a Michael Crabtree reference. You brought up someone named Trent Taylor, yeah. uh, and now we're discussing a Dexter Williams and Tyler Irvin p- potential combination backfield. It, it's a star-studded first five or six minutes of the fullback dive. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Rolling out the red carpet here at the fullback dive. Surprisingly, Dexter Williams is still available in a lot of leagues. Uh, deservedly so. I mean, <laughs> Literally every league you can right. pick this guy up right now, and I'm not telling you to do that. No, but honestly, if if Jones is out, one of those guys, if not both, will have some value because that running game is the backbone uh, of setting up the play action. Of course, Aaron Rodgers is the spine of the offense, but it hinges hinges on that run game, setting up the play action. They're going to try to get it going, whoever's behind there. And it is a well-blocked scheme, the the Shanahan-Kubiak and zone scheme. So – uh, Irvin to me is probably the more interesting of the guys he has a pass catching background. He's could be that PPR dink guy, but at the end of the day too, maybe it's Dexter. Who's more of the, the big back because how are the 49ers going to put up any points tomorrow? Who do they have that they could actually use as a weapon besides Reed McKinnon, like hasty who again, hasty is your most dangerous weapon on the field. Like hasty, tasty, hasty. It's going to be a ugly game tomorrow. Let's put it that way. Think about the running backs going against each other. This is going to be incredible, incredible stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I cannot wait. All right, Matthew Stafford, he's been placed on the reserve slash COVID-19 list by the Lions. Yeah. Uh, And so this one, we don't know yet if he actually has COVID, if he was in contact with it, and they just – there is a hope he could still play because he can test negative and still be able to get out there by Sunday. Uh, but we're going to find out some details as the week goes on. It's going to be Chase Daniels if he misses times, or maybe David Blau. <laughs> Either way, that's that's not what you want to see behind center. David Blau did chuck it around a little bit last year, but you're already out without Kenny Galladay. Uh, Marvin Jones was looking like an intriguing stream against the Vikings cornerbacks that are just god-awful. Um now his appeal would be obviously significantly less if it's not Matthew Stafford. Any of those, you know, Marvin Hall or uh, Quintus Sheffis, 
Uh, this Hail Mary has got to be tossed out the window if Stafford's not playing. And then ultimately, the, the Minnesota defense has been horrible all year, but with, with sure. defenses being a complete fucking crapshoot, I know they're about like 2,400, I want to say, on DraftKings if you're trying to punt the position. If there's no Stafford, it, it makes sense to maybe look at Minnesota Vikings D as well. Uh, but it's not a lock he's going to be out quite yet. It's not like it was Cam Newton where he tested positive or anything of that nature. Um, do want to make a quick plug because we didn't really get our typical uh, intro. And if you are watching live and don't mind giving us a thumbs up, whether you're on YouTube, uh, Periscope, or Facebook, it helps us get out to more people. We greatly appreciate that. Any shares is also so greatly appreciated. I know we got off to a late start today, uh, so we appreciate you waiting it out with us. Um, and we're going to obviously dominate and get you ready for week nine here. Interesting little tidbit. Kenny, Do- Kenny Galladay out for the week. Um, he's going to put up exactly the same numbers he put up last week. Yeah. So exactly. <laughs> complete zero. Probably get him for a bargain on DraftKings also. <laughs> Points uh, per dollar. And, you know, get literally the same production you got out of him a week ago. Right. Few fewer targets, maybe. <laughs> All right. Saints wide receivers. Mike Thomas. Remember him? Yeah. Uh, he's practicing Wednesday, dealing with hamstring, ankle. And what did uh, J- Jimmy did an article at some point? He talked about how he was dealing with like hamstring, ankle, and being a psycho or something. <laughs> I forget the exact phrasing, but it, it made me LOL. Sounds All about right. right. Solid Jimbo Slice stuff. Anyway, he is practicing, and uh, Emmanuel Sanders, who had been covid uh affected is also practicing wednesday so what do you think of that yeah and we'll talk about drew Brees a little bit later but i think that obviously raises his stock to get two of his main weapons back jared cook who's been going off maybe goes down a little bit but he's still just a touchdown machine um and and obviously these guys tougher matchup against tampa bay but sunday night lights like you got antonio brown coming in it it has all the makings for a shootout in my my opinion even if the, the Tampa Bay defense is decent, they also struggled to stop Daniel Jones in clutch time. Besides that two-point conversion, they kind of got he's awful. the non-call. So ultimately, uh, Thomas is probably right back in your lineup. Sanders, and, and now I might need to put him in for Ayuk, for example. So depending on the state of your lineup, you might be using Sanders as well. He was a target hog in the absence of Michael Thomas. It'll be interesting to see if that continues with Thomas back. I obviously think he'll get a little bumped down in the share, but also could still, he's been pretty smooth in the red zone too. So I think both guys, very viable options, especially obviously Michael Thomas right back in your top 15 weekly receivers. I don't expect him. They've been so cautious with him that if he's going to be out there, I think he's going to be ready to rip. Can we talk about how bad Daniel Jones is for a second? Of course. He's and- terrible. He's, he's awful. Did you see some of those passes? I mean, it's just every pass he threw, it was just almost like anything beyond like five, six yards down the field. It was almost just dumb luck if it was anywhere near the receiver. And they were running open too. Like Shepard yeah, they were running open. Slayton were streaking down the field. If he had any type of talent, they they could have blown him out. Almost, you know, like the way yeah. those guys were running. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's horrible. He's yeah, he's horrible. he's absolutely horrible. He's got to be one of the worst starters in the league. Who do you think's the yeah. worst starter in the league right now? He's one of them. I mean, Kyle Allen starts games in, in Washington, although he's looked decent. Yeah, uh, I don't think he's the worst. Well, you think it's Chris DiNucci? Uh, yeah, well, not, not anymore. Ben DiNucci. Ben, 
<laughs> whatever. Yeah, whoever the fuck he was. It's now it's going to be somebody else. Uh, it's Cooper Rush, I think, is the guy's name. Like, not sure if he's a porn star or if he's the quarterback he's, or the. Uh, he's not yet. <laughs> he's well. He's well on his way. Former Dallas Cowboys quarterback Cooper Rush in his seventeen-inch schlong. Yeah, delivers a big sausage pizza and touchdowns. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, uh, we got some stars in Calvin Ridley uh, due to his foot. Foot injury is always sketchy for a wide receiver. He's not practicing on Wednesday. Yeah, I, I imagine with the bye lingering next week, they probably take it easy and, and play it safe and rest this guy. And if they don't, that means he, he must be close to 100. So I feel like you're confident rolling him out. If he, he does play, it's not going to be one of those like not a scarecrow risks, not a scarecrow, because why would you risk it if you're them? Um, but ultimately, that two and six season. Right. Exactly. Like there's no literally no incentive to rush this guy out at all if he's not going to be close to 100%. So my guess is that he's not going to play that this mispractice would suggest that too. So you of course have your backup plan ready. I mean, Russell Gage is out there in well over 75% of leagues. Uh, my Hail Mary later, I, I want to just keep telling you, I'm, I'm so confident in this Hail Mary. Um, so tune in for that later. I yeah. got a great wide receiver stream that I'm now going to be using. So we'll all be in together. Um, but yeah, I don't expect him to go. I think he's going to be resting these next two weeks. And honestly, as an owner, I'd love to have him there, but I ultimately am like, please just rest him. Let's get him a couple weeks. Let's get him fully healthy. Um, but if he's out there, I'm going to use him because I'd be confident at that point. You were high on Ridley. You said he was going to, you know, he's going to come back hard. I, I would, I did not buy in. Now he got hurt, so that benefited me on that call. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I might have gotten lucky on one. I just don't believe in the Falcons at all. I know yeah. they got weapons, but God, they suck. Christian McCaffrey. This guy's been keeping you semi-erect for, what, week, week and a half? I mean, he's got, he's got my balls swollen. <laughs> right. Seriously. Seriously. He's teasing you completely now. Yeah, he's exactly. He's dressing slutty. He's going to the bar and then, oh. like, you know, really giving you every indication that he'd love to go home with you. And then he's like, oh, no, I, I got an early day tomorrow. <laughs> right. Right. Anyway, uh, he has returned to practice Wednesday. Coach Matt Rule says he is, and this is a direct quote, very hopeful that Christian McCaffrey is able to return this week against the Chiefs. I know that there's more than just Matt Rule uh, that are very hopeful that this guy could come back. The guy who has McCaffrey in my hometown league is one and seven. Oh. So, yeah, and it's a non-keeper league. He should he should have been trying to deal the guy like once he hit like 0-4, 0-5 because you're playing for each season. There's no keepers. You're sitting on a guy like that. I mean, he's already eliminated from the playoffs. So now he's just going to mess with somebody else. He maybe could have gotten value for him. Right. Exactly. There is a certain point you cannot just sit on him. I was lucky enough to go. I, I went 2-0 with him and then I think 2-4 and four without him. So I'm now sitting 4-4. Four and four, Not great. My points aren't great without him, but Gotta win. I'm alive and now I get him back. I hope I'm very hopeful. Like we right. all are. Like, of course we are. Um, I, I'm expecting it, but also last week with the whole dramatic like Jersey takeoff and then he just didn't show up. I don't know if I can bank on it. And it, this is going to be tricky yeah. for that, you know, for example, for me, I, I have hasty on my bench, but it's like, I kind of want to play him on Thursday just in case McCaffrey doesn't play. Um, I already have used my run back because I really think Casey's going to have a great day against that awful Green Bay Rundy. Um, but then that would mean if he does play, I'd have to end up benching like Antonio Gibson. And I don't want to bench Antonio Gibson either. So 
it, it's a tricky spot. You want to bench Christian McCaffrey? No, not at all. And I would no, never. You can't do that. You got to quit fantasy if you do that. You'd never bench if he's playing. He's in your lineup. I'm just. I'm worried that he he misses another game and then I don't play Hasty and Hasty has like 100 and a TD. Um, but ultimately, I'll, I, it's worth the shot at McCaffrey. And I feel like he is. If he's that close to playing last week, he he should play this week. It's a tough matchup. The Chiefs aren't easy. But then again, it's going to be a lot of comeback mode. And that's where McCaffrey, dink and dunk, it does a ton of his damage in the receiving game. Mike Davis also just an afterthought at this point, as soon as McCaffrey's back on the field, of course, right? Well, do you believe the blurb that, oh, with Mike Mike Davis looking good, like, you know, McCaffrey might not have a full workload? I mean, you know, I, I've seen that rumbled about. It's like, fuck that, right? Maybe in his first week back. But okay. with uh, once that rust is shaken off and a guy like McCaffrey who's had – Seven weeks to recover now. Uh, it's I bet you it's, it's full born. Just go balls to the wall, McCaffrey, per usual. All right, let's talk Colts running backs. Both Jonathan Taylor, who was on both the the three up, three down in the down column that I put on the site this week, as well as, you know, I ripped that off from the podcast, uh, which yeah. he was also on my three down list for the podcast. Um, dealing with an ankle issue. Jordan Wilkins, who got the lion's share of the carries in that just completely convoluted Colts backfield. Uh, he has a groin injury. They're both limited in practice Wednesday. Man, who knows what's going on there at this point? No, it thank is an awful backfield. Uh, I mean, 21 touches, 113 for Wilkins last week. Taylor, we comes out that he has that ankle injury, which he's now questionable with. Uh, I don't know what to make of this. I, I imagine they all play and they all see 10 carries and, and nobody does anything. Like last week, it was such a great matchup. That's why. We got great value out of it, but facing the Ravens now, one of the better rundies, I think sixth fewest points allowed, two running backs. It, it's there's no reason to trot out a three-headed nightmare. Not even Jonathan Taylor, your your third round pick, who's supposed to be a stud. I, I'm all done with this until until told otherwise. Like they they should all be on the bench. Are the Colts the least fun team to pull for in the NFL? Yeah. Like I mean, I, I I'm just like they don't move the needle for me at all. I know they're not the worst team in the NFL. They're not even close to it. They're kind of a middle of the road team. Like there's nothing that gets me excited about the Indianapolis Colts. Am I supposed to get jazzed about Phil Rivers? What? Yeah. Phillip Rivers, T.Y. Hilton. Like enough. No, Jack Doyle did it for me a few years ago, but I mean, (laughs) Phillip Rivers did it for me a few years ago. Shit. But I mean, what a, what a, just, I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't watch them if they're on TV playing themselves. Um, exactly. Mark Ingram, ankle injury, remaining sidelines at Wednesday's practice. Good. I mean, I know that you've been high on the the Dobbins, Gus the Bus backfield potential. Obviously, we know the Ravens average tons of yards of carry. What yeah. you needed was to get rid of one of those guys. It seems like Ingram is the unlucky guy who is out for now. And let's hope it stays that way even when he returns because it was so clear when you gave these guys a chance to establish a rhythm, look what happened. 1687 and a TD for Gus. 15 and 113 yards on the ground for J.K. Dobbins. Both just dominating on their work. And that it makes so much sense. Running backs need to get into a rhythm to feel their blockers out. The blockers need to feel them out. And when we finally gave them a chance to feel these two guys out, it, it Clearly, it worked. Um, and so against a, a tough indie team, the fourth fewest points to running backs, even better than Baltimore on the other side, 
still the Steelers were the fewest coming into the game and they got bludgeoned for nearly 200 yards combined from these guys. So I like riding both those guys back uh, this week, running it back. Of course, Dobbins, the more intriguing, more the sex appeal to his play, a little bit more receiving upside. He played, you know, over 60% of the snaps, Um, but Gus bus, he looks good himself. I mean, he's a steam. He looks pretty good. Big body, quick feet can also receive. uh, He's going to get his touchdown. I, I, we'll talk about Bus a little bit later, but Dobbins definitely a start this week. And Bus is only thirty percent owned. If I mean running back is such a wasteland. Like if you're watching this and you need a running back, Gus is a great option this week. Matt Breida. Speaking of running backs that are not great options, did not practice Wednesday. He's got a hamstring injury. Why are we even talking about him? Oh yeah, uh, fuck. I forgot. I forgot a banner for Matt Breida. Uh, so <laughs> it's all right. We'll wing it. I'll just uh, Matt. Brita, <laughs> yay! Or just put his name up here. There you go. Matt Brita. <laughs> what do we make of Matt Brita this week? Not much. Uh, supposed to inherit like the the role because we got Miles Gaskin knocked out for three weeks. And we talked about you know eighty eight percent of the snaps last week had seen over eighteen carries in three straight weeks without Howard. There's, there's a good chunk of volume now up for grabs. And it was looking like Matt yeah. Breida, explosive from the 49ers. You know, could be that CJ Spiller for Chan Gailey, who, who used to make money out of CJ. I just wanted to bring up your favorite player, uh, CJ Spiller. I can't believe you remember that shit. Of course I remember that shit. Uh, he's going to feed till he pukes, according to Nathan Hackett. Oh, uh, God. But when he was actually good, the year before you took him in number two overall. Uh, before it wasn't two, said, it was like four. But yeah, either but way, I, I passed on Jamal Charles, like absolute peak Jamal Charles. Yeah, the first year at the Chiefs, Jamal Charles. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, so I had him. I was in three leagues. I had Jamal Charles in the other two leagues, and I thought, well, I don't want to go all in on this guy. On yeah, the best, on the best player in fantasy. Yeah, I really need CJ Spiller. <laughs> oh man uh but when spiller was actually good it was with chan gailey the whole reason i brought him up he was really good for like half a year he was great explosive talent um and chan gailey knows how to get those guys in space but gaskin's been having a pretty quality under the radar even fantasy season so it looked like matt Breida was going to be that guy now he sits out practice his first kind of chance to be the workhorse here has a little hamstring ailment um mm. who knows who knows what's going to happen now? Is Jordan Howard going to suddenly become relevant again? He's certainly going to be active again. Uh, I still think Breed is worth a stash. He's got talent. He's explosive. This backfield can yield um, big totals, but uh, this is worrisome that he hasn't even had a full start yet, and he's already – like, How many bench spots do you have? Because, I mean, you can say someone's worth a stash. It's like he's not worth a stash on my bench. Like I don't have anybody on my bench as bad as Matt Breida. We do had you? a pass bench. Yeah. He went for like 20 waiver or 12 waiver wire bucks today. Rita did? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's an ugly, ugly waiver wire situation where I'm at. Yeah. It's yeah. horrible. We I paid, I paid like $9 for Carlos Hyde the other week and then dropped him the next day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> and I have like no, and I have like no money. It killed me. Yeah. Um, uh, Austin Hooper potential. Speaking of potential stashes, potential stash for tight end. What do you think? He's got abdomen issues. He does have abdomen issues, but he is now back at practice. He had a, an appendectomy, actually. Uh, had to get uh, whatever that, that operation done. But he's he's good to go now. And this is more so for Kittle owners or anybody struggling at tight end. Which is pretty much everybody, unless everybody. you're on Travis Kelsey, right? Just about right. Exactly. 
before going down for these two weeks, uh, he had seen seven targets in three straight games, five catches in all of them, double-digit PPR points in all of them. And, and that's pretty rare to have like a steady diet of targets and steady diet of PPR points at the tight end position. And that was with Odell Beckham there. So now we get another target removed, a big mouth to feed. Well, I mean, again, this is a run heavy attack. It's not like this bombs away. It's not ever going to be Travis Kelsey style volume, but seven to 10 targets for a tight end is, is very viable. And that again was with their number one weapon still there. We've seen Harrison Bryant have some big days without him. David Njoku had a touchdown a couple weeks. Like, he could step into a, a decent you know, top seven tight end role, and he's out there in 65 to 70% of leagues right now. You have to wait a week, obviously, for it. But if you're you're struggling at tight end like pretty much everybody is, at least take a gander and see his Austin Hooper out there because uh, his schedule is also cake moving forward as well. So uh, an intriguing stash for the tight end needy, which, as you said, is is pretty much all of us. You know, you said they're a running attack. Maybe somebody should tell Kareem Hunt that because, uh, you know, he was not – Overly impressive last time we saw him. And that's going to wrap – hold on. I'm just getting one more across the wire here. Oh, I, this is a huge deal, actually. Everybody, take a second. You're going to probably want to screenshot this. Um, jot it down in your little secret fantasy notebook. Don't tell the other people in your league. You're going to want to be the ones that are in on this first. The Jaguars, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and this is a, a, a direct quote also from a coach. They are expected to throw downfield more with new quarterback starter, Jake Luton. Holy shit. Hey, uh, <laughs> podcast listeners, you're welcome. Let's catch our breath here. <laughs> like that. I mean, this, to they're going to be gunning the ball down the field a little more with Jake Luton. I mean, Jesus, like we all uh, listeners again, like ca- catch your breath, put your pants back on. Let's no, seriously, let's be real here. Let's be, you know, keep this PG. Uh, but yeah, wow, wild, right? I uh, <laughs> cannot wait to see the gun slinging Jake Lutton spraying it all over the fucking Oh, God, if you thought that aerial pie was something before with, with Gardner Minshew, you wait until Jake Luton or Lutton or whatever the fuck his name is gets his hands on it. All over the yard. All over it. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to wrap it up. for uh, You know, I mean, this obviously has no fantasy relevance at all. Other than... If you haven't picked up Houston's defense yet, who's facing oh, very, fair enough, right. who's going to be spraying it down the field? You think J.J. Watt might get his hands on Jake Luton at some point? J.J. Watt's going to eat him for fucking dinner. I think he's going to throw at least two picks, maybe one pick six, at least three interceptions. I mean, this dude comes out and sprays it all over the place, then maybe I'll just tattoo Lutton all down my arm because this is a fucking joke. Uh, <laughs> but hey, you know. They're, they're going to throw it down the field more. You're going to throw it down the field. <laughs> more more more. Right? more than they used to uh, all right we're gonna move on to segment two this is our trading tip of the week uh and this is all about first of all you got to know your trade deadline i don't know my trade deadline in my league so i'm glad actually that you mentioned that uh and uh, to open up the trading tip segment i really just have no idea when it is but you should check that out there is a point when it gets cut off for good reason nothing worse than somebody who's uh, eliminated you know, playing a role in, you know, fantasy outcomes for the rest of the year. So the trading deadline's there for a good reason. Make sure you know when it is. Um, all right, so let's talk about strength of schedule and what you're going to need to win now. Absolutely. Um, one sec. Sorry, I had an alarm just going off in the background. I had to go. Uh, so my, my trading tip of the week, though, definitely at this time of year is paying attention to strength of schedule. And uh, I'm going to bring in actually my screen here because I want to show you guys uh, a couple tools that I, I love to use um, for trading. 
So um, one of them is – did that pop up, Matt? Is that is – Yeah, that, I think so. Sweet. So one of them is called the matchup calendar for fantasy pros. And as you can see, it kind of just emphasizes – you can see like the flow of a schedule really well. So like green and then you hover over and it'll say, okay, Buffalo ranks 14th against the position in points allowed. Um, Rams red, not a good matchup. 26th in terms of points allowed. Arizona eighth most points. So you can see like Russell Wilson has a pretty juicy schedule coming up. Not that anybody's out there trying to trade Russell Wilson, um, but if you're like in win now mode, maybe just maybe you can toss out uh, some crazy offers, some packages to get him. So I love looking at this as like a holistic view. If I need to win now, I got to look at these matchups. Oh shit. Cam Newton has, you know, five straight green matchups and he's been dropped in a lot of leagues. Maybe I pick him up. Uh, and maybe he finds his mojo again, or maybe I buy low on him if I'm desperate, things of that nature. But I also love using that tool to then look at weeks. If I'm, I'm, you know, six and six and two right now, or seven and one, no, I'm making the playoffs. Well, let's look at weeks 14, 15 and 16. Uh, and you can get a sense of, you know, Pat Mahomes gets New Orleans and Atlanta in 15 and 16. Holy shit. I really hope I'm not facing his team. No come back um, and, and you get a sense just like of who has these kind of tasty, tasty schedules um also another tool that does a lot of the work for you with that is this one the uh fantasy ff toolbox uh, dot com they do a great strength of schedule grid where you can filter it by remaining games so if you're in that win now mode um you can hit remaining games and then kind of filter like okay so chicago has the easiest schedule for quarterbacks running backs and receivers Good thing I don't give a fuck about that offense, but let me filter it by running back. I'll, I'll click on the uh, running back tab here, and yeah. it will show me that for the remainder of the schedule, Chicago, David Montgomery, yay. Indy, shitty-ass Jordan Wilkins and fucking Jonathan Taylor, yay. But okay, Dalvin Cook, oh shit, he has a third easiest schedule. Detroit, baby, DeAndre Swift has some buy low uh, right now appeal with his schedule. Derrick Henry, the steamroll. Um, and you can also get the, the reverse too and see who has brutal schedule. So Zeke Elliott has the worst schedule and his team's also blowing. If you can still get some type of name value for him, maybe it's time to do that at this point. Um, oh, so I love time. that it's as time. well. Um, and then similar to that matchup calendar, you can click over here, fantasy playoffs, and it'll show you for weeks 14, 15, 16, who has the best. So like Brady has the easiest and his receivers have the third. So Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, like Brady, they're going to go bananas down the stretch in weeks 14 through 16. Um, and you just get a sense for schedules, you know, big Ben, I have him as my quarterback, but if I'm planning ahead, oh shit, maybe I need to to look elsewhere. Um, Deshaun Watson, he's had a good little stretch run here. Maybe it's time to sell high on him and Will Fuller uh, if you're a playoff bounded person and, and yeah. trying to you know uh, get in that that nature. So I love just using those two tools um, as whoop, potential options um, for buying low, selling high, seeing schedule. Uh, the the fftoolbox.com strength of schedule grid and the Fantasy Pros matchup calendar. Uh, two of my favorite tools for trading that that I absolutely love utilizing. Um, and on that note, uh, we're going to do a lot of, you know, me and um, Kendall, one of our new writers, are looking at schedules, breaking them down. And the one that I will just sneak peek is Derrick Henry. <laughs> if you own this guy. Talk to me. I own him. 
Oh my God, Nat. Oh my good Lord. So everybody already knows Derrick Henry, December Derrick Henry. It's just like every month from now to the end of the season, his yards per carry go from like four to 5.2 to 5.8. Like we always know Derrick Henry, even when he used to suck, we'll just go ballistic down the stretch. But now down the stretch, not only are we just going to probably just get crazy ass Derrick Henry going for 5.9 yards per carry like he always does in December. Not only that, but his, his matchups for, for those last weeks, 14, 15, and 16, it, it couldn't, be, couldn't be juicier. You got so Jacksonville. Do you play like Dallas? Jacksonville, the sixth most points, week okay. 14. And just think about that, like Thursday night football game where he just throws like Jackson. Well, but remember, Jake Luton's going to be throwing the ball down the field. Uh, right true. There. They might take the air out of the ball. Yeah. Things are going to be different by week 14. It, it could definitely be different. You're right. Uh, so you got Jacksonville. <laughs> that's the hardest defense he faces, by the oh, way. Week tough. 15, Detroit, second most mm. points to running backs right yeah. now. Detroit uh, just seems like a team he would run for like 300 yards. <laughs> Yep. Same with Jacksonville. We've seen him run for 300 yards against Jacksonville, like literally yep. 300 yards. Week 16, Green Bay, the most points to running backs. Uh, we just yeah, saw Dalvin Cook just sliced them up like a fucking, I don't even know. What do you slice up? He sliced them up bad. I, I don't know. A, a fucking <laughs> psycho. Like, <laughs> I started that analogy without having an end to it. Well, like I'm, very, I'm, I'm very excited about that. I do yeah. have Derrick Henry. My team's the type of, of fantasy team. Uh, you know, we walk down the street as a team and people just get out of the way because I got Derrick Henry and I got DK Metcalf. Nobody's fucking with us. Um, yeah, fucking guns. But yeah, I got yeah, some we'll, guns. We'll be breaking down more of like who to look at <clears throat> and all that. Maybe next week. Maybe we'll even invite Kendall on to join us. Yeah, bring it on, man. But uh, yeah, that that's just one I needed to, to toss out there is do everything you can to get Derrick Henry. I don't know that his owner would ever sell him, but like if there's any kind of package you can give up to get this guy, he's going to run for 900 yards in three weeks. Um, (laughs) This owner's not giving him up. So anybody in my league listening, you can go fuck yourself. All right. Segment three, high or lower Hail Mary. First, before we get into your week nine picks, it's time for a little bit of accountability. You entered week eight, 25, 21, and two. Uh, One of the things we love about the Wolf is that he will take his lumps when he doesn't do as well. Or, but he'll certainly bask in glory when he does do well. So both those things. So let's talk about, uh, why don't you just really quickly run through the guys you picked and, and who you hit on and who you didn't. Yeah, not a bad week. Uh, overall, ended up um, breaking up above 500 again, which is always the goal. Uh, Herbert was a win. I had him at quarterback three. He was the quarterback four, which was like seven spots higher than the ECR. My lower was Stafford. He had his best game of the year, quarterback three. That was an L. Derek Carr was my Hail Mary. The weather really fucked me on that one. That was uh, such a shitty game. Just a shitty-ass fucking game. Uh, so one and two for quarterbacks. Jamal Williams is my higher running back. He was running back eight on the week. I still had him 10 spots higher than the ECR, even with Jamal uh, Jones ruled out. Uh, DJ da- uh, McKinnon was an L. I said he was going to be my lower. He was the running back. 14 fucking fantasy points. He rushed for negative two yards. Exactly. Exactly. He should have been the, the stone-cold lock. And somehow yeah, I hate to give you a loss on that one. Exactly. Negative two rushing yards. You'd think I'd win, but no. And then uh, Hail Marys, I ended up throwing two out there. DJ Dallas smashed. Yeah. Was running back three. Uh, P. Ryan did not smash. Was the running back 45. So two and two at running back. Receivers did well. Tyler Boyd uh, was the wide receiver 15. That was a win. Seven spots higher than the ECR on him. Slayton was my lower of the week. 
That was a big win. Wide receiver 40. Uh, my Aguilar car stack did not go so hot. My Hail Mary Aguilar put up a nice goose egg. What a nightmare. Bag of shit. Um, zero points. Definitely a loss. Tight end, Jared Cook was higher. He was the tight end two of the week. Henry was lower. Tight end 18 of the week. That's that's like the easiest one every week is, is fucking Hunter Henry. And sure. uh, he's, the, he's the David Montgomery of tight ends. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they're, they're too easy. I, I was going to do – I had both of them lower this week. I was like, I can't just say this. Rolling thing. it out, man. I can't just say the same people every week. It's just too easy. Uh, Dick Rod was my, my Hail Mary. Yep. Uh, and Goddard came back, but I'll still take the L on that. Like I would normally be like, oh, well, that's a, that's a push because it, but I was also so high on Goddard that. Yeah. Fuck Goddard. Fuck Goddard. Yeah. I deserve the L. I deserve the L. You deserve the L for making me so excited about Goddard. I, I, I'm still excited, but I. Okay. Certainly- well, good because he's still on my team. Yeah. All right. Week nine picks. Let's get right into it at quarterback. Another guy, a little surprised to see you higher on this guy. Cause I feel like in general, we're both kind of down on him. Drew Brees, you got him as a QB 13. That's only three spots higher than the experts. So you must be at least in the ballpark of the experts on a lot of these this week. Why yeah. do you like Brees a little more? Thomas return potential? What? Yep. The weapons return. You got Sanders back, Thomas back, uh, full cabinet. And even without a full cabinet, these last few weeks in tough matchups against Chicago, um, Carolina, He's been the quarterback 10, 22 points, quarterback 10, 24 points, quarterback 8, 20 points across these last three with top, bottom five, you know, bottom five matchups. He's thrown 280 yards and multiple scores in all of these three. In fact, this year he's thrown multiple scores in every single game but one week. So he's been steady. He's been pretty good. The ceiling's been getting higher and higher by the week, even without his weapons. So you get those guys back. You get the Sunday night shootout style feel. Uh, I love this one. I, I think he should throw – Again, 290 to 300 yards, two to three touchdowns, and be a, a very steady – again, I have him quarterback 13. I, I bet you he outperforms that and he's like a, a top 10 guy this week. So I really like Breeze. Something related to Breeze. The touchdown record that he and Tom Brady are now essentially just trading back and forth every week, I mean, it, in a way it's kind of cool, you know, to have, you know, such a prestigious record – these guys going back and forth which by the way, their totals are just both in, absolutely insane. I mean, I feel like it was like, it's like twice what it was when I was a kid, just about or something. But at a certain point, I mean, they, they're treating every time one of them becomes the all time touchdown leader. Like it's this huge breaking story, but it's happening like every single week. Like I feel like when, when breeze took it back earlier, they're like drew breeze is the all time touchdown. And it's like Brady was going to play in like a few hours and was going right. to take it back from him. It's like I think I think maybe they should hold off a little bit on that. <laughs> Wait till the end of the year. Why don't? Yeah, that's <laughs> a good call. They should do that. It's going to literally alternate all all Sunday. Right. Uh, that's it's another not, reason why I'm excited for it because you know both of them are going to be fired up. To I'm looking forward to the game. I'm looking forward to the game for the same should reason. Be a great, great Sunday night game, and and I think Breeze in that shootout style game is getting undervalued this week. Both uh, the guy you're lower on. This is this seems like a really easy one. Uh, you got him as your QB 16. That's five spots lower than the experts. I'm actually surprised the experts have him as high as they do. I'm actually surprised you have him as high as you do. This is Matt Ryan we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of been a bag of shit this year. Uh, more yeah. often than he hasn't. And when he's been a bag of shit is very pretty clear. When he loses either one of Julio or Ridley, this offense just kind of crumbles on itself. Uh, over those weeks when Julio was banged up this year, weeks three through five, 
Matt Ryan was the quarterback 27, 12 points. Quarterback 25, another 12 points, robust. Quarterback yeah. 25, eight points. So, I mean, didn't even have a top 20 game, never mind top 15, where he's ranked number 11 this week. Probably going to be without Ridley. Uh, he does ball out when he has both his guys. Last week, he was bailed out by a rushing touchdown to finish as like the quarterback like with 19 points in the court top like 12 guy but you can't expect a rushing touchdown again for this guy so no, sure go on him. you know the m- matchup's not that threatening with denver they're not a great defense um but ultimately without his his full weapons cabinet matt ryan has struggled uh, 11 points per game this year without those guys i think we're getting like another 12 point dud this week well speaking of denver and you were talking about their defense is not a great defense i mean the chargers trio of running backs or whatever was that guy pope or uh whatever he was averaging like six seven eight yards a carry against that denver defense for a while can you believe that denver won that game the hail mary this week is drew lock 13 percent yeah. owned so we i feel like I, I can talk a little bit about denver can you believe the chargers lost that game no that was pathetic uh a- absolutely uh, just a, a ridiculous crumble. How many times are they going to blow these types of games? I feel like I heard, but but it must be wrong. I feel like they've lost four games in a row. They were leading 16 points like in the second half or maybe even like the fourth quarter or something. Yeah. I mean, it can't be correct, right? That's that's insane. It seems it, but I, honestly, like you think that it, even on Monday night, like against the Saints, they were up going in the fourth by a score or two. It might be right. In her, I don't want to put it on Herbert because he gets them up, and then their defense just crumbles, and they get conservative. And he they, threw, talk you're right. I mean, look, Anthony Lynn is a terrible, terrible coach, um, and I don't want to put it all on Herbert either. He did cough up one at least what terrible interception during yeah. the end of that game, where I was just like, "Oh my god!" Like it was, yeah. it was just a ridiculous pass. But anyway, Drew Locke. And came down, the team can't score to save their lives. The guy came down three straight possessions in a row. Boom, boom, boom. They win the game. You expect a little more of that out of Drew Locke? I think I'm so. Not- I mean, Atlanta, it, it, <laughs> what else can really be said when you're facing Atlanta? Most points to quarterbacks, most yards, most touchdowns, most everything to quarterbacks allowed this year. They get their quarterback, uh, Denzel Denard, Darquez Denard, whoever that is, sure. uh, who allowed 20 catches on 31 targets. So, yay. Good, good reinforcements. Yeah, pretty much every time he's targeted. So people talk about the 20 times that he gave up uh, catches on those 31. They don't talk about the 11 times he stopped the person. Right. Yeah. So think about that for a while. (laughs) And and as you mentioned, Drew Locke was bing, 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 like seemed to finally get that moxie back. We saw last year uh, the the balls kind of sprouted three touchdowns. Totally could throw three touchdowns against this Falcon teams, giving up two and a half touchdowns per game. I like Drew Locke, only 13% owned. Um, if you're looking for a nice bye week fill-in or streamer, where else look against whoever's facing Atlanta, especially a guy riding that hot hand right now? Uh, I can keep that riding for sure. All right. Running backs. I love this. The guy you're the highest on, Jarek McKinnon. Running back 21, nine spots higher than the experts. This is a guy you were telling us we had to cut two weeks ago. I said no. I said I'm not cutting Jarek McKinnon. I'm going to hang on to him because I think he's got another good game game in him. Negative two yards later, I was right. He had 14 (laughs) fantasy points, and now here he is at the top of the higher list for running backs. Explain this to me right now. Exactly. And this was even before IU got ruled out. Now they literally have no – McKinnon might play receiver tomorrow. I don't know who else they have to play receiver. So – 
against a Green Bay team that's given up the most points to running backs. Like they can be run on and they particularly struggle against zone blocking schemes. I think Hasty's going to have himself quite a day because they really have no other offensive weapons right now. Um, McKinnon, though, might now get split out wide and play a bunch of receiver. And even if not, he's the most game flow proof because he'll, he'll get his early series, but he's going to be playing plenty of pass catching mop up duty. That's kind of what happened last week against the Seahawks. That's how he stumbled into 14 points was the running back 16 before he got like in that weird funk with the tired legs. And let's, let's hope he's kind of snapped out of that bullshit tired leg. I, I never want to be higher on a fucking running back that complains about tired legs. Let's, let's be real here. Fucking loser. But ultimately he started the year. 13 points, 14 points, 17 points, 23 points, then just went missing a wall, but he back on that 14 point train with no other weapons and against the team giving up the most points to running backs. I mean, everything was less favorable for this guy last week against a tougher defense. Tevin Coleman was involved. Um, and you know, it, there was nothing, their other weapons were all there. Now there's literally no weapons, easier matchup. Coleman's not playing. It's just him and hasty in the backfield. He's going to see some rushing work. He's definitely going to see some receiving work at this point. I think he's going to blow this running back 30 ranking out of the water by 10, 10 to 12 spots. All right. He's on my bench. I got to decide if I'm going to play him. Who's who's the other guys? Who's your offense? I'll read you my starting lineup right now. Sure. I got Tannehill at quarterback, Derrick Henry running back, Chris Carson, who I'm assuming will be back at the other running back. Got Allen Robinson and DK Metcalf at wide receivers. I got Mike Gesicki because Goddard's on a bye. Uh, tight end. Fuck that. Um, and at flex, I got two flex spots. Right now, I got Chris Godwin and Justin Jackson. And I also, and on my bench, just so you know, on my bench, I have McKinnon, Antonio Brown, and Marquise Brown. I would get Antonio Brown in there. For who? Well, let's wait till Antonio Brown comes up. We're going to talk about him. I mean, Antonio Brown, man. God, I'm excited, and man, I'm nervous. I mean, both of them, but I Maybe you like I, me pinning more than Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson looked pretty good. Last Justin week. Jackson looks great every time he touches the rock. I like Justin Jackson. I don't like Anthony Lynn, McKinnon, and he gets like zero points. I'm gonna be so mad at yeah, you okay. and him. That's gonna that's gonna be the case. He's gonna. Well, I'm not starting him. No, uh, it's not happening. I'm, I, not, I'm not touching that backfield. I would probably have McKinnon over Jackson, but I'd probably have Antonio Brown over either of them. All right. Fair enough. Um, Melvin Gordon, guy you're lower on. You got him as your RB29. The experts like him at RB20. Seems to me like Melvin Gordon's maybe like his value might be plummeting a bit. Yeah. Melvin Gordon fucking sucks. But right? He, he looks like a slug out there. Let's say he's kind of like the David Johnson. Effect. I was going to say, it looks like David Johnson. Slower and slower by the day, whereas Lindsay looks more explosive by the day. Um, now, Greg, Lindsay is now on the questionable side. He might not play. If that happens, and then you just play Gordon as a as a David Johnson play, just volume, grossness, probably find the end zone. Um, I I still hate this guy. Like I, I, he just looks gross. I Atlanta is very good against running backs in terms of just sheer rushing. They, yeah. they cut you out. They're pretty good. They've allowed the most receiving points to running backs. So that's where Gordon does his damage. I mean, he has six catches for 21 yards last week. Doesn't do anything special, but in a PPR league that has PPR to be points right there. Exactly. Um, but I just think this is going to be a, a receiver centric game plan where Locke again, with Locke being my hire, I think Locke comes out slinging it around. Um, we get a big game out of all those, you know, I think KJ Hamler makes a good streamer. Um, 
Jerry Judy might rebound to a nice, nice day. Um, that, that's where I'm looking much more in this game. I'd rather have Lindsey personally have the, the, uh, the Broncos backfield here. I, Gordon just is getting bailed out by volume. And I think that's going to tilt because of how much better Lindsey looks when he's in there. Hail Mary. I think I know your argument for this guy already. We've talked about it extensively, but you got Gus the bus only 30% owned, even with the Ingram absence, only 14% started. You like him as your running back 24. That's nine spots above the experts. I actually feel like 24 might be a little bit low. And uh, I think the experts are a lot low. And I almost think this puts him almost beyond Hail Mary category, but go ahead. I, I think so too. The fact that he's only 14% started tells me he, he must be a Hail Mary because I, I would expect him to be 40-ish percent started after last week. I mean, everybody's willing to just crown Dobbins, and, and I love Dobbins. This is yeah, not against good. Dobbins. The dude leads the league in, in yards per carry, 6.7. Yards after contact, 4.2 per attempt. Uh, missed tackles, forced per touch. I mean, the dude has been as is advertised. I, I love Dobbins. I think he's one of the better running backs in the league, and it's only a matter of time before he gets the volume to really prove that. Now, that being said, Gus Edwards has still led this team in carries in back-to-back weeks, even with Ingram out last week, 16 compared to 15 for Dobbins. Didn't look bad. It wasn't like he sucked and now is going to suddenly disappear because he sucked. 87 yards and a TD. Uh, yes, he played you know, only 26 snaps compared to 54 for Dobbins. That, that's a concern. He's not ever going to be the pass-catching guy. I get that. But against a banged-up Colts team, a Colts team that I just don't think is that good in general, uh, I think the Ravens could kind of blow them down and a lot of garbage just steamrolling with Gus. They do have a good run, D, the Colts. They're the fourth fewest points allowed to running back. But the, again, as we said last time, the, the Steelers were the number one run D facing this team, and they gave up nearly 200 yards and two touchdowns to these guys. So I, I like Gus. I think he should be much higher started than only 14%. Um, I think mean, he makes a great Hail Mary at running back that should not be owned in less than half of leagues. Like, come on, come on. All right, let's get into wide receivers. This is what everyone's been waiting for. Let's talk about Antonio Brown. You got him as your wide receiver, 23, nine spots higher than the experts. You know, almost nothing would surprise me this week. I mean, I'd be disappointed if he doesn't do much, but I mean, if if you told me Antonio Brown was going to play a handful of snaps and be the wide receiver 60, I'd be like, all right, and it's fair enough. I mean, he hasn't played in a year and a half. If you told me he was going to be like the wide receiver four, that wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah. So what do you think? I, I think it's won't be wide receiver four, but I also I think it's going to be top 20 range. Um, I, so many things going in his favor. Now, of course, we get Bruce Arians being like, he might play 10 snaps. He might play 35. Like, we don't know. I don't, I don't even, if he told me he was going to play the full game, I wouldn't believe him. He told me he's going to play one tap. I wouldn't believe, I don't believe a fucking word that comes out of Bruce, Bruce Arians. Looks like he's like, he's one step away from having a heart attack all the time. I mean, he looks like he literally, I feel like he's had one before. Oh, has he? Well, now I feel terrible saying it, but I mean, he just, I was looking at him on the sidelines of that game and I was like, man, that guy looks like he, he could like just keel over at any minute. It looks like his face is just going to explode. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, pieces of nose and ear like all over the camera screen at one point. <laughs> just literally ready to just blow up. Uh, <laughs> we digress. But Antonio Brown, uh, as I said with the brief, I think this game's going to be a shootout on Sunday Night Football. You know, Tom Brady rooming with Antonio Brown right now, studying the playbook with him. All reports, he's looked, quote, fantastic, his old self, uh, as good as he's ever been. Well, if that's the case, 
as good as he's ever been. He's, he's the best receiver in football if he's as good as he's ever been because that's he was the best fo- receiver in football when he was there and, and had his head on straight. If he's walking in just like that, he's going to eat. And you know Brady, like first game back, they're going to have some series designed to get him comfortable, get him back going, get his confidence up. Just like he did with the Patriots his first game, caught a touchdown and had like three straight catches on, on the first drive of the game. Like it might not be the full game. It might not be every snap. But there will definitely be some design plays to get him involved. And when he's involved, he's going he's gonna to dominate. He's so good. Their corners suck. Lattimore's their best corner, and he's having a horrible year for the Saints. So uh, he's going to maybe get their third corner. When you Think about how, how do you defend them? How do you, yeah, wait, do, you like God, do you like Godwin also this week? Yeah, I like anybody there. Like I just think that offense is going to be impossible to start stop. And it's going to be tough because there's going to be some weeks like just Evans disappears. Godwin disappears. There's been a shitload of weeks where Evans has disappeared. Already, right? Exactly. Just not when I needed him to do nothing. And then he <laughs> killed me. God. I'm exactly. Still angry. Sorry, I'm still angry about that. Yeah, we didn't even talk about our matchups this I week. I lost 147 to 146 on wow. that on that Evans touchdown. Yep. I was and about- you want to know who who fucked me other than Dallas Goddard? Mason fucking Crosby. Fuck mm. that guy. I, I'm, you scored me two points as a kicker. Thanks a lot, Mason. Couldn't <laughs> kick one field goal. Jesus. Dude. So I, 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 two years ago when we did, I took the, the banner off just so we could uh, go for a little Mason Crosby rant here. Fair enough. Uh, two years ago, we were doing a live show at Fibbers. So I, of course, ate a bunch of ribs and then got blacked out after sure. the show. Yeah. Um, but the one thing, my last memory of the day was Mason Crosby. I, maybe you even remember this. This is how bad this day was. I needed, I needed three points from him. He missed, I want to say – five field goals and two extra points. Oh, I remember. You remember that day? Of course it, it I was, do. It's like one of the most epically bad kicking days in the history of the sport. Of course he I He hit one of those, I win. One. One right. out of five. One out of five. Just one. And it wasn't like they were all 50-yard bombs. No, it they was, were like 35-yarders, stuff like that. It was a historic. Like, the fact that he has a, has a job. Right, he's still in the NFL fucking people over, NFL. like, you know, years later. Thank you. He screwed me this week. I should drop uh, it. Right? I should cut he's it. He's right? the worst. He is by far the worst human being in the NFL. Now, I, I, you've bubbled up this, like, deep-seated, like, thing I probably need to go see a therapist for. Nah, this is like, we can't afford that yet. We got to put all the money back into the company. Oh, God. I that, that is bad. That is fucking real bad. You brought up Mason Crosby. He's a he's a complete and utter bag of All right. Fun. Well, now we both think that. Yes. So if you're now watching you know. the show, Mason, we don't even want you on the show. Yes. All right, but I'm I, also looking forward to Antonio Brown. I have him on my team. You think I should maybe start him? I, it, I it's, it's tempting, I got to admit. And also, I mean, people are offering me stuff for him. People are interested in Antonio Absolutely. Brown. People want to be in the Antonio Brown business. You think you think if he comes back and he's like Antonio Brown two years ago, you think he'll be the best receiver in the NFL? I think – I kind of don't think – I no. think the competition's maybe a little better now. I mean, I don't know. Like, has, has he met DK Metcalf? Right. Has he met prime DeAndre Hopkins? Right. Like, I don't know, man. There's some really, really good guys. And Antonio Brown's great. I mean, he could be on that level. Yeah, exactly. He, so that's the crazy part is he could be on that level and he was on waiver wires. So like that's that's the insane thing with him. Um, and, and as we called it week four, pick this guy up stash. And we, we've been saying it for a while. Yeah, that's down one of our best predictions. He's not. And, and the thing is, I know I'm not telling anyone anything they don't know, but it's it's not like he's, you know, a, you know, he was desperate to get back in the league. And so 
you know, the, the, some shitty team gives him a shot, like the Jaguars. Oh, we'll give him a shot. We're going to let Jake Luton throw the ball down the field to him. I mean, he's getting in there with Tom Brady and a legit, really good offense. Tom Brady's 43. He's still a really good quarterback. Right. I mean, you know, this, this, this is a pretty great situation. I agree with your higher pick on this. And, and uh, he, he cited too, like, I chose them one because of the familiarity with Brady, the quarterback, the best of all time, but also he's played with Arians. Arians was his offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh. So Arians knows how to use him. He's used him successfully. The wide receiver coach, Antoine, uh, Antoine Randall, like he said, I, I picked this team for my familiar surroundings, which just shows more maturity from Antonio Brown than you'd ever expect based on like what he did last year. His head seems on straight. He, he's just like saying all the right things. And, and, and to your answer your question, could he be the best of the best? Like, I think it's too congested there to, like, allow the volume for him to be a DK, to yeah. be a DeAndre. But if you told me he was top 15 from here on out, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all. I, I think there's a great chance that could happen. Yeah. And, again, and we, we got this guy for nothing. And, and he could lead the Bucs. He, he might be the best Bucks receiver come the end of the year. Like, for these last – from here on out, he might score more than any other Bucks receiver. Very, very possible. All right, let's go to the other side. The guy you're lower on, DJ Moore. I think he's come by this, honestly. You've got him as your wide receiver, 27. That's nine spots below the expert. How could they have him at 18? (laughs) I don't get it. I don't get what – like, I I understand. I was high on the guy entering the year, too. Sometimes you just have – Week nine, you you got (laughs) to put up at some point. (laughs) You have to – Prove it to me at some point. The, the the Chiefs are great against every position, but in particular those slot receivers, the short game, they they lock it down. They lock down big plays. The, the Chiefs are just a, a scary ass team, but especially yeah, on defense. And, and then you got DJ Moore. You know, five of his eight weeks, he's been below the wide receiver twenty seven. He's he's been wide receiver forty over half of his games or below. And so how are we ranking this guy in our top twenty still? I, I wish he was the talents there. If we're talking about just sheer talent, of course it's still there, but Robbie Anderson's their number one. I don't know how anybody hasn't gotten that through their head. If, if you don't know that yet, Robbie Anderson's by far, he's out targeted him in every single game until like one. It, it's the Robbie Anderson show. Now we got Curtis Samuel siphoning touches, uh, seeing more looks last week being used uh, more creatively than DJ Moore is. He might be the third. And now, now you got Christian McCaffrey coming back too. And we're expecting this guy to somehow be the wide receiver 18. He's had a few big plays. And if he, he hits one of those big plays, he's going to beat this ranking. But he's hit those big plays three times this year, three out of five. I'm going to side on the majority here uh, of his games, especially given the defense he's playing. There's no way he's, he's above wide receiver. Again, wide receiver 18. Fuck that. No way. Nope. All right. This is a guy. I'll let you just do the whole thing on this because you've, you, we're talking him up at the beginning of the show. You said you had yourself a serious Hail Mary uh, pick, so I'm not even going to steal into your thunder. Take it yeah. away. Love me some Darnell Mooney. Uh, Chicago Bears receiver, only 8% owned, 5% started right now. Think he's gonna think he's going to light it up for at least 15 points this week, maybe even 20. Uh, one, he, he's been just dominating, routinely getting open deep, and Nick Foles has been sailing it and, and missing him. And it's been awful. He's so bad. Don't you think they should go back to Trubisky? Maybe. I kind of think they should. Like, at least he can run, you know? Uh, They're both so bad. Darnell Mooney is, over these last five weeks since Foles took over, number three in air yards behind only Stephon Diggs and and Tyree Kill right now. Above DK Metcalf. Above, you know, Robbie Anderson. This guy's number three. 
in terms of air yards. So he's going deep. He's getting Allen targeted. Robinson's on the list too. What's that? Allen Robinson's on the list too. Exactly. They're slinging it. Look at them air. They're, they're slinging the ball. They are. They don't it, throw it very well, but man, they're it, slinging it. And that's the end of the day is you don't get points for, for just air yards. Like it's, <laughs> it's a sign of things to come. Usually with Nick Foles, we can't guarantee it's going to come. Um, but this man has four, three, eight speed. Darnell Mooney was often lo- like compared to a Tyler Lockett, a John Brown type. And last week it finally kind of clicked six for 69 in a TD wide receiver, 18. Um, and, and then you get the Titans. So just in terms of his own usage, what's been going on, like it's all been really good. If he had just connected on one or two more long balls, we would have probably been looking at like the monster pickup of the week that everyone has to go get. But because he's only had one real good game with all this crazy usage, he's still under the radar. But I think this is another one where he connects because the Titans on the season give up by far uh, the second most points to wide receiver twos, plus 6.4 points of your, your expected production. And over the last five weeks in particular, they've given up even more, plus 7.5, the most against wide receiver twos. It's not like they're good against wide receiver ones. I think Allen Robinson can still have himself a decent day. It's just that I think Darnell Mooney, uh, again, will will also have himself some nice stats. I I really like this guy. Uh, Seeing, you know, again, almost seven targets a game, such deep volume. Uh, I think he's going to connect on a nice long ball against the Titans, especially if the Titans put up the points like I think they do. Love this guy as a Hail Mary. I, I, I couldn't feel stronger about him. All right, cool. Let's move on to tight ends. Guy you got is your higher, uh, number one higher tight end. This, this guy better put up at some point. Like this this better be the time because, man, he's worn out his welcome fast. Yeah. After, after being pretty awesome for a brief period of time. Jonu Smith, you got him as your tight end six. That's four spots above the experts. What do you think? It's been hideous. I mean, two points, two points, five points the last three weeks. But let's not forget 14 14- 24, 11, and 21 the first four weeks. I mean, five touchdowns in four weeks. The dude was balling out. And hey, I my, get my that buddy, a lot of that buddy. with A.J. Brown being out. Like, yeah, that, that, that's, that's going to play a role. Yeah. Uh, Corey Davis was out uh, for some of that. Now they're both back, and, and he's kind of disappeared. But Chicago gives up a ton to tight ends. The, their top five matchup for tight ends. They're very good against wide receivers. Uh, not good against running backs, not good against tight ends. To me, this game screams Derrick Henry. They get down deep. And I think I think John who finds Pater at least once, maybe twice. And with how barren tight end is, I- I'm ready to go back to him. Tight end six, four spots higher than the ECR. Give him another shot, folks. My buddy, uh, Will Massey, who's a listener of the program and who does comment from time to time, he was really living high on the hog about a month ago. He was sitting there with, you know, two of the top three tight ends in football and was like shopping one of them. Right? was He was shopping Jonu around trying to get top dollar for him. Sitting there, he's like, I can afford to shop Jonu around because I got George Kittle. Well, oh. now, so imagine a, a month ago having Jonu and George Kittle and thinking you're on top of the world. <laughs> and shit, now you yeah. just are holding a steaming pile of dog shit in your hand yeah. with nothing to show for it. So that, that you better move those guys when you can. <laughs> because now you got nothing. Mark Andrews, your tight end that you're lower on. You got him as your tight end 10. The experts have him all the way up at three. That's a huge discrepancy. It is. And, you know, I, I understand why they're so high. I mean, Mark Andrews is one of the very few tight ends that can just go two scores, pay dirt, spiking uh, into the end zone at, at any given point. But 
he has not really been doing that all that often. He has got three blow up games of 23, 21, 18. Otherwise it's, it's a worse John who John who's had more high point games than him four, five, four, and six, just non-existent. And now we're getting a Colts team that has been the best against tight ends, literally averaging three points per game. Uh, tight ends are against them. It just feels like another disappearing game for Mark Andrews. I, I get why he'd be high because of the upside, but if that's the logic, then John Smith should be tight end three too. Like uh, he's kind of a glorified Mark Andrews, a glorified John at this point um, in a worse matchup this week. So give me John over him. Give me a lot of tight ends over Mark Andrews this week. All right. You've already mentioned your hail Mary. You've mentioned Jordan, Jordan Reed, or if he's out, Ross Dwelly, because we mentioned George Kittle's out, and the 49ers are just in absolute shambles. But you like Jordan Reed, maybe? I mean, you understand if someone breathes on him wrong, he's going to get a concussion, right? <laughs> exactly. Gonna, I think there's a, a decent wind gust tomorrow. Which has right. to be if it winds are more than four miles an hour coming out of the Northwest, you better not put that guy on the field. No, I, I'm terrified, to be honest. But – I, I'm starting Reed or Dwelly, whoever it ends up being tomorrow. Night. I have Goddard out there. Uh, there's, dude, my other options like Dawson fucking Knox. So, all right, fine. Maybe we're in some trouble. Reed did have a 50 yard, two touchdown day, seven target day last time filling in for Kittle. Then he got hurt the next game. Um, of course, he got hurt. Shocking. You're not gonna. Um, you're not gonna get like a more than a game out of this guy. In no, a row. I'm hoping he gets, if he plays the game, you're, he's gonna be out for the next four to six weeks. Definitely. I just need one. I just need one. That's true. And All right. That's fine. It, Green Bay, they're good against tight ends. They're, I think, the fourth fewest points to tight ends. But at this point, who do they have to throw to? I, I had this as the higher, the Hail Mary without Ayuk out. Now Ayuk's out. They literally, I, I honestly don't know who their wide receivers are going to be. It's Trent Taylor, JJ Stokes. I, I, yeah, probably. I honestly, JJ Stokes, I literally have no fucking clue. Uh, they, they're going to have to throw to the tight end for any type of volume. I mean, it's going to be McKinnon, I guess, but my boy, I don't know. that's it. There's nobody else to throw to. And I'm just praying that Reed doesn't get knocked over by the wind and tear his ACL. That, that's, that's really it. And if, if he's out, then Dwelly's going to catch a touchdown. He caught a touchdown last time. Um, and Mullins likes his tight ends. Again, Kittle averaged 19 points with Mullins, only 11 with Garoppolo. It, it, that might be more of a Kittle stat than it is just like Mullins loves his tight ends, but Mullins likes his tight ends. I, I think it is also Mullins likes his tight ends too. All right, fine. We'll go with Jordan Reed or Dwelly. Dwelly. <laughs> All right, let's get into our hypothetical of the week. I didn't have one uh, last time we went on, so I'm, I'm going to bring something back with you. Uh, I, we're going to start this one the same way that I've started a lot of them, which is, you know, you've been out uh, partying, gotten really hammered, and for whatever reason, yeah, meth, alcohol, <laughs> everything in between, you're cruising around, having a great time, you know, just, just trying to, you know, picking up football players in the bar, checking them out, doing whatever it is you do. But anyway, in the course of your evening, you just, so, for some reason, do major, major damage to a mafia Don, a, a very prominent mafia Don, you know, in Beverly or wherever you happen to be. Um, and you mess up his Bentley really bad. I mean, it's very expensive. Again, we just don't have the money to pay for this sort of thing, but he's in a weird kind of a mood as he is every time this happens. And he yeah, says, I feel like, I feel like I've messed up this guy's car a couple times now. <laughs> it might be a different guy. You might be in a different city, but this stuff just <laughs> keeps happening to you. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if it's the same guy, he's actually pretty cool. Yeah. And, and creative. 
So anyway, this guy, he's like, all right, well, you owe me this money. You're not going to be able to pay for it. But I got two propositions for you. (laughs) Um, The first one is uh, I got these two buddies here that are looking to kind of get into the life coach business. And they're going to work in tandem as a duo and shadow you all the time. And they're going to make every decision for you in your life for the next, say, like, I'm going to say year, year and a half, let's say 18 months. They're going to everywhere. You're not going to be able to do anything without consulting these guys. And then they're going to discuss it amongst themselves. And they're going to tell you the right decision to make in any given situation. Um, These these are my friends. These are Adam Gase and Anthony Lynn, and they're going to be in charge of your life and all the decisions made in it. So it would be annoying having anybody do that, but these are the guys that are going to be in, in charge of making those decisions and hopefully steering you in the, the right direction. The worst it's, yeah, it's terrible. They're going to, and not only that, they're going to like they're going to like have to talk it out and stuff. They're going to have to come to consensus between the two biggest morons in the world. Um, so that's the first thing. That that's one option that'll get you out of getting killed. The other option is if you look over to the left here, um, there there's a doorway that leads out into the street. It's about 55 yards away. Um, if you look over there, 100 yards from that door, door is DK Metcalf. He's really, really, really angry. Um, so you could take off sprinting right now and try to get out that door 55 yards away. And if you can, that's great. We'll, we'll just say, see you later. Maybe we'll even have a drink. But if he catches you, we're going to let him beat the ever-loving shit out of you for five minutes. <laughs> you can try to, I mean, you know, four minutes, let's say. You can, you can try to fight back. He, but he's really pissed off. Like he's gonna try to fight back. He's gonna run after you. He's gonna run after you with his arms flailing like a fucking jackhammer. Like he chased that fucker down in the Cardinals game. So those are your two choices. You can you can be coached by the two biggest idiots in the world in every aspect. You, I mean, you would certainly lose your job and your girlfriend and and everything else um, immediately. How how long do you think your girlfriend would would stay with you um, if? to do anything with her, you had to consult Anthony Lynn and Adam Gates. I mean, I'd like to think I've built up some decent goodwill, but if anyone's going to ruin that in like a day, (laughs) it would be these two, like no doubt about it. Anthony Lynn and, uh, she would get so tired of it. I've not met your girlfriend. I'm sure she's really cool. She would get really sick of this really fast. And the more I think about this, I can't let DK beat you up for five minutes. That, I mean, he would kill you like long before then. So let's say, uh, let's say, Two and a half minutes of just unbridled ass kicking. Again, yeah. again, you can fight back if you want. I, I feel like ultimately, though, like I, I got to go for the one. Like I'm not going to outsprint it. Let's be real. I'm going to go for it. I'm not going to get there. <laughs> He's we just talk about run Buda Baker by like fifty. Like I, I, I don't even make it ten yards before this guy is galloping. He's on. running hard. He's mad. And I'll, I'll admit, I've had nightmares, like actual nightmares of DK Metcalf running me down. Like legitimately after that play, I, I thought of him that night. Uh, and nights since then, I had to like outrun DK Metcalf. So this is not the first time I've considered this. Uh, right. And I didn't think there was much I would ever choose to like to, – to, I would want to avoid that at all costs. I'm not outrunning him. He's going to be – Can you him. imagine him actually beating you up angrily? He seems like a really nice guy. Can I, will, I, I imagine? Say. Yeah, like I've, he's terrifying. <laughs> he yes, I can. But <laughs> <laughs> I gotta just take my my lumps though. Like if I'm looking at 18 months, how I can't live. What if it was I, a year? What if I, I said probably, a year? 
it, 12 yeah, months. Either way, either five months. I don't know. I don't think I could do even half a year. Like, because <laughs> think about it. Like, you're months. not. There's a certain point where you're either going to just like have to die because of something bad they tell you to do or like you just can't live with them anymore. Right. They're going to be like, they're going to tell you to go for it in some situation that you'd have to be insane to go for it in. Right. Exactly. Or they're going to, they're just going to say never go for anything and be ultra conservative and never get anything out of your life as well. Like either way. Rotor Street Journal would grind to a stop. Oh, yeah. Everything that I've ever like enjoyed in my life would, would end. Whereas DK would end everything I've enjoyed probably forever, but maybe, maybe I live through it and I'll recover in a few months and I'll be okay. Like then I have a cool, badass story that helps everything good in my life. Like, you know, elevate. Whereas yeah. I'd rather like that quick, probably over, but maybe I don't die from two minutes with DK. You know, that, that could boost my life afterwards my life is just going straight to the tank. And then anybody that's like, you had that guy as your life coach. Nobody respects me anymore. Like there's no coming back from that. The rest of your life is fine. You got to figure, you got to figure the fight with DK is over in like four seconds. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Maybe I'm just out cold from the majority of it. And like being out cold and then, and then being throttled and beaten for two minutes. I mean, that's, that's how you die. I'm waiting fair again. I mean, there's a reason in UFC fights that once the guy is like out, the ref's like, okay, he's had enough. Yeah. DK is not going to give me enough. Okay. All right. CJ is there. And after 30 seconds, he can try to break it up. Yeah. Great. CJ is going to try to break. Come on, DK. (laughs) Right. CJ, CJ tackle DK after 30 seconds. Exactly. Yeah. So CJ and are both dead. Like (laughs) then we've got two corpses. Um, right, then, then RSJ really is over. Exactly. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, right. I'm taking the beating because either way, I think Anthony Lynn and and Gase as life coaches is leading to death. Whether it's like I can't stomach waking up anymore, and I just you know pull a Tom and jump out the window, or they just lead me to a decision that leads to death. Or if if they're gone in a year, my life is going to be in such shambles. I probably won't be able to ever get back to where I was. So DK, I'll take the two minutes and, and hope he just doesn't kill me. That, that, that's that's it you seen the movie 1917 of course it's a great movie that's tommen you know yeah 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 oh yeah. yeah that's the last movie i saw before the quarantine yeah i saw it in imax it was, it was, yeah, dope. It was awesome yeah i saw it too and then uh didn't do anything for like six months after that wolfpack thank you so much for tuning in as always interacting as always again any thumbs up if you're a replay watch or whatever uh thumbs up and shares mean the world to us if you haven't subscribed already wherever you're at um that that also means the world too whether it's on facebook rose street journal youtube uh, try to get that 1k subscribers here uh and you can find me at roto street wolf and him at roto street truth all of our content rotostreetjournal.com we breed and feed fantasy wolves and of course this will also be an audio format you may have been listening to an audio format the fantasy fullback dive where we pave your path to 2020 titles you guys are the best i will be back tomorrow live thursday for my rankings update um thursday night football kickoff last time i literally was blacked out on air uh, i don't know if you've seen that yet truth it was quite a fucking experience uh, heard the rumors yeah it was ugly it was real ugly um so anybody that missed that and wants a comedy show my god i've never been quite as hammered on air um but hopefully i won't be quite that bad this thursday <laughs> never no promises we'll see uh but yeah cheers so much thank you Wolfpack. i'm i am the wolf i'm the truth Later, guys. See ya. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So 
to hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Second down, third effort, touchdown, oh! That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks. <laughs>